it's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted, independent, American Standard Air dealer. Owner Chris Wedekin sells the ductless Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, which is a great option to heat and cool individual spaces while blending into the decor. If you want your poker room to be dressed up, you could take a vinyl wrap and put on these. If you like the more modern look, they have styles in black, silver, and pearl white that would be more aesthetically pleasing for your rooms. Find out more at absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted, independent, American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro Dealer. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Did your power go out over the weekend, Hammer? <laughs> You're an AES customer. Mine was fine this time around. Last time around, it was a bit of a problem. Dude, it happened again with this company and the outages. Uh, we have uh, a mutual friend that we're on a text thread with <laughs> that lives in the Broad Ripple-ish area and was out for, I think, a day or two again. Now, the same mutual friend was out three or four days the previous four, power outage. Four days. He, he Can I read some of his rant about e- AES? We'll just keep him anonymous. Because I don't think this is for public consumption. (laughs) You text us, it's for public consumption. I'm beyond any interest in what's causing it. You could talk about grid angles and straight line winds. All I know is AES sucks from the CEO on down. You all suck and work for a sucky company. (laughs) I don't care what anyone else says. This is total incompetence and a failure to do your job. (laughs) And then he goes on, he goes, I literally refuse to go to mass with my family because I don't want to talk about forgiveness and letting go of things I can't control. I want to sit here in my hot house with no power and rage. Yes. <laughs> I think a lot of people felt like that. Right. And for this mutual friend of ours, <laughs> this is the second time in like a month sure. or so that he's had to go multiple days without power. Now, this is unacceptable. Now, I understand if a major tornado rolls through or something like that. Power's going to go out. It's always been that way. That's fine. But I've lived in Indy my entire life. I'm 45 years old. I can't remember a time where there have been this many power outages for such a long period of time. And I'm sorry, man, if there is ever like a real legit terrorist attack on any power grid, not just here in Indiana, but anywhere, they seem awfully flimsy and finicky and delicate. Like if a squirrel, at one time, if a squirrel got into some sort of transformer, the power would go out in Zionsville for three days. Now, they've improved their infrastructure there in Boone County, where I live. Doesn't sound like AES is, is having the same issues. And by the way, AES customers, from what I understand, they're trying to raise your rates. 13%, Nige. <laughs> so shortly before, I think it was the same week of that previous long yeah. power outage, they sent everybody a nice little uh, email. Hey, by the way, <laughs> we're going to be uh, increasing your rates 13%. And then next thing you know, some people are without power for days. I didn't have it for like 20 24 hours, yeah. a little bit longer than that. Our mutual friend went three or four days. I had a cousin that went three or four days without it. And now, this past weekend, a regular good old fashioned Indiana thunderstorm comes through. Was that Friday when that happened? Friday. Early Saturday, then, yeah, late Friday. Yeah, well, okay, so there was one Friday morning. 
that yes. popped up. Right. And then so and then late Friday night into Saturday morning there was another one that rolled through. Okay. Right. Yeah, I didn't hear that one. But it's nothing that we haven't seen a million times before living in Indianapolis, living in Indiana. You see this stuff all the time. But for whatever reason, AES is just having a hard time keeping people's power on. So I admit I might not have paid the most attention to this kind of stuff when I was younger. Has it always been this way? Was it like this under IPL? Because IPL is now AES. And if you have Duke Energy, if you are a Duke customer, do you have the same situation? Are you finding yourself without power more and more now? Is the weather different now? Or what's going on? Now, I admit, I do not have a lot of answers to these questions. We've tried having, you know, AES people on this show before. I don't think that got us anywhere. You know, what are they going to say? The other thing that I'm seeing now, again, I understand people get passionate in the heat of the moment. The customer service for AES leaves a little to be desired. Just from the people that I've heard that have been ever, without power for days. Do you ever talk to a real human being? All it is is, is just a pre-recorded message that says, yeah, we know about the power outage. Expect the power to return at 1042. Kind of those types of styles of messages. Right. And if you have a tree that's on your power lines or whatever, you're trying to report that and you can't get a real person to speak with. And then somebody comes out to your house well, damn, you got a tree on your line. I know. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you guys for 24 hours. So it's a mess. And I'm curious what you guys think. If you have AES, if you have Duke, if you have some sort of other power company, do you find yourself without power more and more now? Or is this just something that we're seeing because of social media? Listen to this. I got another one for you. One Another acquaintance of ours, shall we call him, forwarded us a message uh, involving a conversation with an AES guy, an actual physical person that showed up on the truck. Conversation with the AES Indiana guy who just showed up. AES. Buy a generator. <laughs> us. That's what we pay you guys for. AES. Don't get belligerent with me. Oh. So it goes on and on and on. And the, the guy just looked at the, the tree and the power line and left. You just <laughs> raised my rates 13%. Or you announced you're going to raise them 13%. Yeah, it's, it's total incompetence, I think. It's a mess. Yeah. But at Hammer and Nigel, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can email the show, hammerandnigel at wibc.com. Uh, so Donald Trump has been active, active on the campaign trail, active on Truth Social, yeah. Nige. Uh, the former president predicted on Truth Social that any day now, he expects to be the subject of an investigation into the 2020 election and an indictment will follow. He put a post out on Truth Social. Now, I know you may have had a rough weekend, Nodge. I did. I sure did. But if you're up to it. You friends in town from California, that's, <clears throat> I'm still struggling. If you can yes. muster up the strength, can you please read the Truth Social post as Donald Trump? I assume that an indictment from deranged Jack Smith <laughs> and his highly partisan gang of thugs pertaining to my peacefully and patriotically speech will be coming out any day now. 
And yet another <laughs> attempt to cover up all the bad news about bribes, payoffs, extortion coming from the Biden camp. This seems to be the way they do it. Election interference! Prosecutorial misconduct. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Big dodge as Donald Trump. Uh, so he's expecting an indictment any day now about January 6th stuff and his role in it. Fine. He's also been on the campaign trail. This was from a little rally in Erie, Pennsylvania. The Sanctus is gone. <laughs> the Sanctus is gone. He's uh, just about over. I think if he ever made a comeback, it would be the greatest comeback in political history. He's gone. I endorsed him. He was gone before I endorsed him. I endorsed him. You know that, right? I endorsed him. I said, all right. He came in crying. Please, please, you'll do it. I said, you couldn't get, you're so far behind, you couldn't win if George Washington and Abraham Lincoln came back from the dead. You couldn't win. No, no. Sir, if you endorse me, I'll win. I'll win. So most of the time he was speaking to the Pennsylvania crowd, was spent ripping the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. Mm. He also mentioned that donors are leaving the DeSantis campaign in droves. They see what's happening. So he's lost all of it. I think he's lost every high roller. And they say, what's his problem? I say, he's got no personality. I could have told you that a long time ago. A politician needs a little personality, but I think he's over. Just like low energy Jeb. Right. Please clap. <laughs> so this is clearly the same playbook that we've seen before. Oh, yeah. It's playing the hits. Yep. Yeah. He's going to rip on his closest competitor until that competitor is gone. And he will just keep going until it finally comes down to Joe Biden or whoever the Democrats have up there. Is it time well spent for Trump on the campaign? You know, just... <laughs> I understand DeSantis is losing some dough. He spent like 40% of the money he raised in the first six weeks of his campaign. And he DeSantis lost polling did. ground. Yeah. But but maybe, just maybe also, I mean, I, I know we talked about Biden and things like that, but is this, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think this is productive for Donald Trump at this point? He becomes captive in the moment. Because that audience, well, yeah. they want to hear that. That rowdy Trump, you know, rally attendee wants to hear that. Now, it wasn't just about Ron DeSantis. There was a little heat thrown to Joe Biden. We have somebody that's not at the top of his game, never was at the top of a game. Never was. We have a guy who's a dumb son of a bitch, and to allow this to happen. Which brings us to great moments and Trump calling someone an SOB history. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now. Out. He's fired. He's fired. He's fired. I mean, he's said he's called McConnell an SOB. He's called Chuck Todd an SOB. <laughs> That's one of his go-tos right there. Great moments in Trump calling someone <laughs> an SOB history. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Show. Uh, drama with the Indianapolis Colts. And, I mean, we're like the epicenter here of this kind of drama. Running backs versus uh, NFL owners and what they think they deserve to get paid versus what they actually sign their contract for. Hammer, take us through it. So, there's a lot going on here. So, Jonathan Taylor, some would say the face of the Indianapolis Colts, the best offensive player anyway. Uh, he wanted a new contract. He felt like you know his first three years in the league warranted an extension like some previous players have received. Well, Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, thought, you know what, you're a running back. And although you're pretty good, you guys are a dime a dozen, and we're not going to spend a crap ton of money on a position that doesn't help us win the Super Bowl. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor's not a dime a dozen, though, is he? The the position in general, I understand what you're saying, but I think it's different when we're talking about Jonathan Taylor. He's a badass. He is, but would he be the focal point on a good team? Like, the Kansas City Chiefs are the defending champions. Who's their running back? Anybody know? Mm-mm. The Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> played in the Super Bowl. Who's their running back? Anybody know? Look at the good teams, from the Bengals to the Bills. They rotate dudes through those positions. Only the 49ers, really, are based on their running back, Christian McCaffrey. Other than that, it's all about quarterbacks, receivers, defense, and edge rushers. So Jim Ursay is thinking, hey, you're already under contract. And if I want, I could totally franchise tag you and make you come back another year. Well, Jonathan Taylor's agent, and I don't know if he just doesn't understand what he's doing or if he's just a bad agent, has turned in has turned Jonathan Taylor into like this villain. A guy who pretty much everybody loved yeah. is now being viewed as this money-hungry villain and it's a mess. And there's fighting on Twitter, Ursay and JT and JT's agent, they're all fighting on Twitter and it all came down to on Friday night. Jim Ursay basically said, if I die, no one's going to miss me. And if Jonathan Taylor's not in the league, no one's going to miss him. The league goes on. What? (laughs) It's crazy, man. I didn't see that. That was out there on Twitter. And now the Colts are saying that after this big come to Jesus meeting on Ursay's bus, that Jonathan Taylor may have an injury to his back Uh-oh. that's not football related and they didn't tell the Colts about. And if that's the case, the Colts can put him on a special list, non-football injury list, an NFI, and they don't have to pay him. So <laughs> it's getting nasty. Taylor tweeted back denying the whole thing. So let me ask you this, Nige, with all the drama out there, and there's a lot of it, are you Team Ursay or are you Team Taylor? Does Taylor make the Colts better, especially with a rookie quarterback? I mean, that's that's the question of the day. Does he make your team better? Now, I understand. 
I understand wanting more money. There's nothing wrong with Jonathan Taylor saying, hey, I'm worth more than this. I think I should need a new contract. It happens all the time in the NFL. Right. So the question at the end of the day is, does he make the team better? Apparently, Jim Mercy doesn't think so. By better, do you mean make the playoffs or go from like four to five wins <laughs> to seven wins? Because if that's the case, yeah. then no. If that's the case, no. But you're right. There's something about having a rookie quarterback, having that you know, security blanket back there that you could just hand the ball off yes. to if the game starts getting too fast for you. So, like, sands through the hourglass, these are the days of our Colts. <laughs> Allison, hit me with a little mood music, please. Kila! What's the first thing you think of when you hear this song? Pee-wee dancing on the bar at the... Uh... At the biker bar. Bingo. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Are you kidding me? Paul Rubens. Yeah. Pee-wee Herman passing away at the age of 70 earlier. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. Apparently, he was uh, uh, suffering from cancer for the past six years. Nobody publicly knew about it anyway. Kind of reminds me of Norm McDonald's passing. You know, he had been battling cancer and just died and people were shocked they didn't know that he had been battling it for a number of years but uh the actor that brought peewee herman to life paul rubens passing away at the age of 70 yeah, peewee's big adventure is a staple for my childhood large marge was even trending on twitter <laughs> earlier today tom large marge <laughs> sent you uh here's a little trip down memory lane with paul rubens so guess what i want a new brain no, your bike. <laughs> oh, what's so funny, Pee-wee? It's not for sale, Francis. I wouldn't sell my bike for all the money in the world. Not for a hundred billion million trillion dollars. Then you're crazy. I know you are, but what am I? Yeah. You're a nerd. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> you're an idiot. I know you are, but what am I? I know you, you are, are, but what, what am I? I? I oh, love that movie. Too. I did, man. Pee-wee's Big Adventure was a good movie. The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> and he reached that level of fame in the 80s that he had this Saturday morning TV show. He had a movie, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. They even asked Pee-wee Herman, Paul Rubens, to do public service announcements. This is crack, rock cocaine. <laughs> it isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. It's the most addictive kind of cocaine, and it can kill you. What's really bad is nobody knows how much it takes. I don't and like serious peewee. I don't either. And then he got into a little trouble treating his body like an amusement park at a theater. An adult th- cinema. Theater, adult yeah. cinema. And he had a great comeback, though. If you remember that same year, he popped up to open up the 1991 MTV Movie Awards. Heard any good jokes lately? <laughs> Heard any good jokes lately. That's what you got to do. You got to lean into it. 70 years old. Rest in peace, Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. Hammer and Nigel show. He's a Second Amendment scholar. 
He lives in a gated community in Zinesville. <laughs> it's the gun guy, Guy Relford. Yeah, that one one of two on those. <laughs> um, uh, so is there still beef going on between you and this this guy Lubbers, the the advisor from the Sharif uh, well, campaign? Well, he is, <laughs> he has bailed on the ongoing dialogue. But by the way, I always have to thank our sponsor oh, yeah, for Monday Gun Day, Premier Arms in Brownsburg, with the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest, and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at thirty seven fifty four South Green Street uh, in Brownsburg or PremierArms.com. But to answer your question, Nigel, I mean. I mean, Lubbers tried to come back at me on social media a couple of times, Not and, and I've, I've posted all that. I've posted, I took screenshots, I put it all out there on my Twitter at Guy Relford, um, and and it didn't fare well for him. Me, I, and this is the guy that's the main advisor to yeah. Jefferson Shreve. And who was the campaign manager for Richard Luger, who advised Richard Luger that he should support an assault weapon ban and, and, and other liberal policies that eventually earned him an F rating from the NRA. Oh. That got him beat in 2012. So same guy. So that, and, I, I've, and I've really been fascinated about that connection. But anyway, yeah, he tried to come back at me a couple of times, but um, he got his butt kicked rather <laughs> dramatically, and so he's 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 bailed on those efforts. But I'm not done by any means on social media or otherwise. For instance, uh, and I hope we get into this. You know, today there was an op-ed in the Indy Star that talked about how gun violence is down in Marion County. What is gun violence? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You that, you know, that's what that's where that, violence is. That's where you, you you make a mistake and buy a violent gun, <laughs> and, it, and it jumps off the you know jumps out of your safe one night in the middle of the evening and, and murders people. Calls like, you a few names and goes off by itself. Yeah, exactly. But uh, anyway, and 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 so uh, that you know crimes committed with guns and murders committed with guns uh, are down in Marion County pretty significantly, thirty percent according to this op-ed. He cited statistics, and I thought, wow. From the record high, though, right? That's from a well. It's from a record high. That's right. Which was just a couple of years ago. We're not talking about twenty years prior. Boss Hogg said here. We're talking just a couple of years ago. Well, that's exactly right. But consider this: this is since we passed constitutional carry. Yeah. And 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 what did everybody say was going to happen after we passed constitutional carry? And is constitutional carry getting getting any credit the for that? Wild because, West here in Central. Right. Area. I mean, I'm sorry. More law-abiding citizens are, are going to be armed and able to defend themselves. You think gives criminals second thoughts about coming to Indy or Marion County and committing crimes? I certainly think so. That's you mean what, all that's those dumb people it. on Twitter that say this means anybody can get a gun? Yeah, right. Wrong yeah. guy. Is that yeah. what you're telling me? Anybody can carry a gun anywhere uh, under. They don't know, have uh, to pass a background check. Yeah. yeah to buy a gun or anything. No, I mean, you know, it's all (laughs) ludicrous. And anyway, so so the the violence uh, is down in Marion County since we passed constitutional carry. And lo and behold, what do both the Democrat and the and the and the quote unquote Republican. I'm sorry, you got to put Jefferson Shreve, in, you know, Republican in quotes. Uh, want to do? They want to repeal constitutional carry. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Are you surprised that they have basically just doubled down on this? Because Nigel was telling me earlier, and I haven't seen it yet, but they're. The Shreve campaign's now running new commercials that are basically they're bragging about bragging yeah. about this whole. We're going to take away those assault weapons. We're going to raise the age limit to. We're going to raise the age to twenty one. We're going to get rid of constitutional carry. Yeah, and 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 what I can't figure out. And to answer your question, um, 
I'm not surprised because, look, you can't come out and announce something that dramatic, that that significant, and then just say, oh, never mind. Yeah. Right? I mean. You can't backtrack you, on that. You're, you jumped off the high dive, and you're just hoping there's water in the pool when you land, and you, you can't change your strategy in midair. So, so th- they're all in on this, which doesn't surprise me. However, what I can't figure out, and the idiocy of, of this as a campaign strategy to me that I just can't get over. I mean, I can't believe these people are this dumb. And it, to me, it completely disqualifies them from public office. And and look, I've never called Joe Hogsett, you know, a, a brain trust. Uh, <laughs> but these people are, are dramatically dumber in my mind because wh- wh- why do they think that someone who supports Joe Hogsett's gun control plan, who's voted for Hogsett in the last two elections, Who's a who's a die in the wool Democrat who likes gun control, likes Joe Hogs, that likes likes Joe Hogs's gun control proposal? What makes them think they're going to draw away Joe Hogs at voters simply by simulating the exact same plan? Are they going to go? Wow, I, I kind of like the fact that's coming out of Jefferson Shreve's mouth more than the guy I voted for in the last two elections. And it's a plan that will never become the law. No. Let's be honest. And here's the thing that bothers me, and I've said this time and time again. Whoever these people are running Jefferson's campaign, did they get a free toaster with their political science degree? (laughs) Because this plan that you love so much from Hogsett, there's a better chance of me becoming the new starting running back for the Colts than that becoming the law. (laughs) But they looked at that and said, hot damn, this is what we want to hitch our wagon to. All he had to do, all Jefferson Shreve had to do was to come out and say, Look how desperate my opponent is here. He wants to do stuff that will never become the law. I'm a negotiator. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to work with the prosecutor on the other side of the aisle. I will work with these judges. We're going to keep the bad guys locked up longer. That's my plan because I'm a deal maker. Instead, he's saying he's a deal maker because he wants to talk the Republican majority into going along with something they're not going to do. See, and that's such an important point, Jason. And I talked about this on my show on Saturday. And I talked about uh, going into a break. I said, when we come back, I'm going to talk about why Jefferson Shreve is more dangerous than Joe Hogsett. And, and, and I'm sure people are out there going, wait, what? They, yeah, Shreve's a Republican. Uh, we know who Joe Hogsett is. And when we came, we came back from the break, and I said, here's why. I said, uh, Shreve is bragging about the fact that as a Republican, he's got relationships with Republican lawmakers to where he's much more likely to be able to convince the Indiana General Assembly to either repeal or somehow modify the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act, which is what is necessary for this ridiculous and idiotic gun control plan to go into effect. And he's saying, as a Republican, I have relationships with legislators that are going to allow me to go over into the legislature and violate your Second Amendment rights and undo all the hard work that went into getting constitutional carry passed that is keeping law-abiding citizens safe in Marion County and all across the other 91 counties in this state. As a Republican, he's touting the fact, bragging about the fact he's got more of an ability to infringe our rights than the Democrat does. He's more dangerous. He's more dangerous. And I've had all kinds of people come at me on social media going, wow, you know, how much is Hogsett paying you to, to, to get him reelected? Because, you know, you're, do, you're talking all this about Shreve. I go, look, Shreve killed his own campaign when he came out with his idiot proposal. And we talked about this the day it came out. 
I came down here. I talked to you guys. Yeah. And we all said he just blew his chance. He had a puncher's chance before because he's got a lot of money. He's done. We both said on the air, well, all three of us said his campaign's over as of today. Well, guess what? It is over. Um, and, and so we never had a legitimate chance. At the same time, what I don't want is for voters to actually reward him to be a Republican who's willing to go to the state house and, and, and fight to infringe our, our Second Amendment rights. we got enough Democrats that do that every day of their lives. For a Republican to do it, oh, hell no. As much as we've all been talking about how much we can't stand Joe Hogsett now, he's driving the city into the dirt, and, and as repugnant as this is, and it makes me a little sick to my stomach, I'll take four more years of Joe Hogsett before I want Shreve to even come close in this election. Let me ask you this question, and I think I already know the answer, but I want to be sure. If Jefferson Shreve comes out with a series of commercials, ripping Joe Hawkset, asking where he was during the nights of the riots, was he in rehab? Was he intoxicated? All these rumors that are going on. Who was in charge? Does that move the needle at all for you? Well, no, I mean, that's like my wife, you know, having kicked me out of the house because I cheated on her, you know, I, but I come back and I say, but wait, babe, I brought roses, <laughs> you know, fair enough, and, fair enough. You know, okay. I mean, what? I mean, why, yeah, ordinarily that might do some good, but I'm sorry. I, I just committed a sin. That's a death penalty in my house. Jefferson Shreve has committed a sin. That's the death penalty, I think, for any Republican voter in Marion County. And, and, and I'm sorry, he's established. He can't be trusted. And when she establish you can't be trusted you're done and, and there was a great quote somebody put on my social media i wish i could take credit for it but i love it and i've repeated it several times he said i hope it goes as terrible as this makes me feel because i cannot stand joe hogsett i hope hogsett wins by saddam like percentages in this election and, and i heard that and i went uh you know what i couldn't agree more if it was 98 to 2 in this that tells me that uh, shreve and any future republican who wants to stab us in the back on the second amendment the same way uh will get the message Indiana Republicans, Marion County Republicans, yes. not just individuals. We're talking about organizations need to learn something here. Monday, Gunday, Guy Relford joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Guy, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but there was an op-ed in the Indy Star from some local progressive Democrat basically doing a victory lap that gun violence, however you want to categorize that, is down over the last couple of years here in Marion County. Now, it was at a record a couple of years ago under Joe Hogsett's watch. That was before constitutional carry came into play. And since then... They've been doing victory laps, patting themselves on the backside. But it's funny. I don't see any of them talking about constitutional carry here. No. And and listen, th- this op-ed is actually, and I, and I posted it on my social media. Um, it, it actually, you know, I'm sure we don't agree on many political issues, but it's written by a gentleman named David Muhammad. And it's, I think it's, it's well-written in the sense that he talks about some of the violence reduction policies. We're talking about other than gun control. And that there are these community violence interrupters. And there's a program now, for instance, that uh, will look at, at, at violent offenders who have been released, look at their social media and where it looks like there's a beef and, and someone's at a high risk of, of being a victim. They'll go out and they'll try to intercede. And, 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 and I'm sure some of those things are paying some dividends as well. I want to be fair about that. But to your point, what's interesting to me is the timing all lines up because we were told 
it was going to be the wild, wild west. We were told there was going to be blood in the streets. We were told it was going to be horrific effect. Oh, you still see that from stupid people on social media. All Indiana's one of those states where anybody could get a gun, which is a total lie. And it's not an unprecedented, constitutional carry is not something new. No, it no. is here in this state, but there's like, what, 25 other states that have had it for years? No, you nailed it. We, we were the 24th when we okay. passed it. Two more have passed it since then. There are now 26 states that have it, so a majority of the states have it. And get this, both Jefferson Shreve and, and Joe Hoxton have called this a, a an extremist view. In fact, they were, they were talking about how they were going to uh, bring the Republican Party generally, not just in Indiana, the Republican Party generally back uh, to a position you know, of, of logic um, and, and, and good sense and, and reject extremist policies like constitutional extremists. More than half the country has it. So you're exactly right. But, but what's interesting is, listen, the, the, all the forecasts of doom. And we've seen this over and over and over again. I was then testifying for a bill about it being able to allow um, people, law-abiding citizens, to leave a gun locked in their car on school property, as long as it's locked out of sight. And we immediately had these predictions of doom and gloom and mass shootings and school shootings in Indiana are going to go up by 10x. And none of that happened. None of that. It never happens. It didn't happen when we went to a free lifetime license. It didn't happen when we passed the preemption law. Because everything's still pretty much the same other than one piece of paper that says license on it. And you know what? When you enable law-abiding citizens to defend themselves and their families, violence doesn't go up. And and most states have figured that out. Indiana, uh, thanks to our majorities that we have in the General Assembly, has figured that out. But we have still all these these shrill voices who just don't seem to get it and don't want to give us credit. Where can we contact you at, Guy? Uh, at Guy Relford on Twitter. Man, I'm building my Twitter following, so get on there, give me a follow, at Guy Relford. Guy Relford, thank you. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Well, Hunter Biden's best friend, his euchre partner, his business partner, he's jailbound. The DOJ really wants everybody to know that Devin Archer is jailbound. He was the guy talking to Congress earlier today behind closed doors, talking to House Oversight, giving an interview alleging Joe Biden spoke with business associates of Hunter Biden on several different phone calls. Hold on. I thought Joe Biden had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's missus. They never even talked about it. And then last week that we never even talked about it lame line got changed to what we don't we, we've never been in, in business. business together okay and the reason that that company line changed was this testimony that happened earlier today now this wasn't a public hearing you couldn't watch this on television Devin Archer gave his statements behind closed doors to the House Oversight Committee but from what we're hearing it sounds like Archer told the Oversight Committee that 
the big guy was on the speakerphone over 20 times trying to basically close some of these business deals. Now, again, if you don't know who Devin Archer is, here's Will Kane to break it down. Who are the players in this drama? We'll start with Devin Archer. Who is he? Devin Archer is Hunter's former best friend. We have text messages which have been revealed that show the extent of their relationship. I love you, man. I love you, man. Not so much love today as Devin Archer, it is expected, will reveal some of the dirty and corrupt business dealings. How does he know? Because he was a business partner in some of those deals in Romania, in Ukraine, and in China. Weirdly, over the weekend, the DOJ sent a letter to Archer saying, hey, time Time to report to prison. Why is that? Because in 2018, he was convicted of defrauding a Native American tribe. It's on appeal, and he will have to report to the Bureau of Prisons. It's just odd that the DOJ was working on a Saturday and said, why don't you go ahead and get to prison? On Sunday, they said, we don't mean before you're supposed to testify. All very odd. You know why they did that, right? Is to paint this guy, Devin Archer, Hunter's former business partner and friend, just to let everybody know, oh, he's, by the way, he's scheduled to go to a prison. He's convicted of, of, of fraud with this Native American tribe. They wanted to get that out there so they could give cover to the media to defend Joe Biden and say, look at this fraud. How are you going to trust anything he says? And if I'm Devin Archer, knowing this isn't publicly broadcasted, we're not going to get the full transcript for three to four days here. If I'm Devin Archer, I'm singing like a canary today. I've got a bit of an axe to grind. I'm the one that's going to be going to prison, and Hunter and the big guy escape with oh, everything? I know. I know. And the other thing is, if this is a Democratic playbook. This is the media's playbook. They're going to call... His honesty, his credibility in question because of this being you know, involved, convicted of that Native American tribe defrauding them. But here's the question everybody needs to ask themselves whenever they hear that aspect brought up. Well, if we, how could we trust if you're such a dishonest fraud? How can we trust what you're saying here? If he's such a dishonest fraud, then why was Joe Biden and Hunter Biden doing business with him? Great point. Just think about that before, uh, because that is the mainstream narrative you're going to hear about this testimony from Archer is that, as a, well, he's going to go to prison. He defrauded a Native American group. You're going to take his word for it? Yeah, well, they work together. And the Democrats were fine when the Mooch, who is another scumbag, was throwing Donald Trump under the bus. But now that it's Devin Archer throwing the Bidens under the bus, the well, what a horrible character this guy is. Hey, I'm the Mooch. Hey, he loved that nickname, I bet. That was a thing that Mooch. happened. People, if you're going to weigh out the pros and cons of electing Donald Trump again, don't ever forget, he chose the mooch to be his mouthpiece. Yeah. Um, that lasted, what, two days? <laughs> uh, the talking points clearly went out to the movers and shakers of the Democratic Party who were all scheduled to do the weekend TV shows. Here is uh, Chris Coons. He's a Democrat senator. He says there's no evidence tying Joe Biden to Hunter Biden's crappy business deals. Um, this investigation started during the Trump administration, and they've come forward with not one shred of evidence um, tying President Biden to any of this. Comer, not, Comer's got bank records, man. <laughs> not what shred? Com, Comer's got receipts. And sooner, I think Biden is going to have to, I mean, money from China, money from Romania, money from Ukraine. What are, what are the Bidens producing here? 
what are they trading? What's the Somebody, company? Somebody's going to have to. Somebody's going to have to finally explain where all this money went and what it is they did for this money. And Comer, the guy that's heading up this investigation, the House Oversight, has the receipts. Here is uh, Democrat Senator Chris Murphy yeah. responding to CNN about the Biden corruption investigation. Now the White House is saying, quote, the president was not in business with his son. That seems to be a change from when they previously said that Joe and Hunter Biden never spoke about it. Do you have any concerns about this? I don't have any concerns. I think this is a, a witch hunt. Um, if you know, Hunter Biden has broken the law, he should be held accountable for it. I don't think he's being treated any differently than anyone else who's been accused of the crimes that he's been accused of. He's had a lot of trouble in his life, and Joe Biden has been open about it, and I think has shown, as any caring father would, a lot of concern to try to help Hunter Biden recover. Um, but there has never been any evidence that um, Joe Biden has compromised his office. Other than emails and texts and photos <laughs> and voicemails and witness testimony. Yeah, sworn witness testimony. This is not looking good for the Bidens, in my opinion. And then there's Representative Dan Goldman, a.k.a. Young Al Bundy. <laughs> You look at <laughs> Representative Goldman, he looks just exactly, like yeah. a young Al Bundy. And he claims, with a straight face, mind you, that Biden has restored the integrity of the Department of Justice. And I don't think there's any chance that President Biden is going to do that, unlike his predecessor, who pardoned all of his friends uh, and anyone who had any access to him. Um, President Biden has restored the integrity of the Department of Justice, and I think you see that in this case. Restored Joe, the integrity. Joe Biden is currently trying to put his political opponent in jail. They threatened to lock up Archer before his testimony today. The DOJ was trying to play some hardball working on a weekend, which yeah. they never do. Stop it, Al Bundy. Stop it. And Scott Jennings, <laughs> he works at CNN. Now, he's like the token conservative over at CNN. But take a listen to what... And I got to be honest, I'm pretty surprised CNN allowed this. Listen to what Jennings had to say on CNN. It's not Republicans, with all due respect, who made Hunter Biden into a complete scumbag on this and other issues. No. Ignoring his own daughter for four years and the president of the United States hanging up a stocking for the dog, I mean, the dog and not for his seventh grandchild. Okay, look, okay, we, we can also have, some, we can also have we, sympathy for people who are struggling with addiction. Let's right. keep this conversation. Right. Uh, parents would not addiction. acknowledge this little girl. It is offensive. But the bottom line is... But they have now. The poll... Oh, what a hero. The polling <laughs> must have been brutal. Just the polling sure must have been brutal. Good for yeah, him. because he did acknowledge finally about the seventh grandchild. Over right. the weekend. Yeah, the polling. He's right. The polling must have been brutal on that. Even the New York Times wrote an opinion piece about how uh, about how it was just despicable, the behavior with the Bidens and the, the, the granddaughter down south. We've got less than a minute left, and I want to get this story in because okay. it's one of my favorite stories of the weekend. Dateline, Ohio. A self-described Christian grandmother was arrested at oh. an Ohio water park after she called a child a brat and a fat ass and pushed him off of a floating <laughs> toy. She also gave a fake name to the police and was ultimately taken in to be arrested. Now, Nige, my kids are a little bit older. We've not been to a water park in a while. 
can you in any way understand why this woman would call a child fat? <laughs> or kick them off of a water. Well, I don't. I need more context because was the was this kid messing around with her grandchildren? Is that what it was? I mean, you're not going to go to jail for calling somebody names, but it sounds like you, you the the assault aspect of this pushed him off the you know it pushed him off his rack. Right. That's probably what she went to jail for. But because at first um, glance I, you think what a horrible woman, but then you start thinking to yourself. Wait a minute. What else is going yeah, on what here? What was she doing? What were the people doing that she was calling those names to? Were the kids fat? I mean, these are all <laughs> things that I think you have to factor into this situation. Ever and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we play? Is this anything? I'm going to run a couple different stories by you. You will break down all the information and give us a verdict. Is the story in question anything or not? Is this anything? A Georgia police officer went on a trespassing call when he found a 16-year-old boy legally working for a neighbor to raise money so he could buy school clothes for his siblings and a PlayStation 5. Somebody called the police on him? That's when the officer took it upon himself to buy the teenager the game console, the PlayStation 5. Here's the officer talking about the interaction. He might get told one thing over the radio, and when you show up on scene, it's something completely different. Somebody just did this for you. Like, the game is so expensive, you know, somebody just did that for you. You can't do nothing but be so excited. You got to give him a hug. I didn't do any of this to end up on the news or anything. I I was just going to try to help him out and reach his goal and let him understand that if you work hard and you're honest and, you know, good things will come to you. You work hard, you're honest, and you get the cops called on you. That's what I wish, you know, these people, and I love this story, by the way, PlayStation 5s cost like $500. Right. And this kid is out there doing the right thing, trying to try buy money for school clothes, and while he's at it, trying to get some money for a new game console. This police officer is a hero. I love this story. I hate the Karen that called the police on this kid. Well, if you hate Karens, is this anything? A Mr. Softy truck disappeared from a neighborhood in New Jersey after someone complained about the music <sighs> coming out of the ice cream oh truck. Oh, my gosh. Wait, what's, so it's an ice cream truck. Mr. Softy, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, Mr. Okay. Softy. They've got the soft serve type of ice cream. Mm. And like any ice cream truck, had the music on going up and down the street. Somebody complained about it. Here is a man from the area and vice president of Mr. Softy, Mike Conway, talking about the complaint. Somebody was complaining about the music, and so Mr. Softy's not going to come down our street no more. If it's too late, if it's past, like, you know, 10 o'clock at night, then we're like, okay, that's way too late. It's waking people up. But sometimes it could be uh, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon where, oh, you're waking up my sleeping baby. Well, it's like, hey, well, <laughs> there's 40 other kids in the neighborhood that are running around and, and want ice cream. Uh, yeah, exactly. So shut up. No need to call the police. That's uh, so dumb. I hate these people, these tattletales in these neighborhoods. There's nothing better. Like, I didn't grow up. I grew up in the sticks in Lisden, out in the woods. I never knew what an ice cream truck was. I always saw them in the movies. Now that I live in a neighborhood, the Kona ice truck comes by sometimes. Sometimes an ice cream truck will be driving through. You could hear it throughout the whole neighborhood. I love the idea. The kids love it. And 
And it's it's just uh, like I had somebody complain. Somebody turned me and my wife in at our house because we were having some work done in the garage and we had to take the trash cans out and just kind of set them back off to the side on the driveway. Oh, boy, we got a letter from the HOA about that, babe. Did I mean, you that... respond with a photo of your bare butt cheeks? Because that would have been my response. You are not. Somebody has turned you in, or they did a drive-by or something, and we noticed. They a do drive-by. Drive by. They do. That's what it was. I don't think somebody turned me in so much as the HOA that runs the thing, like actively drives up and down the courts. The, do you know who neighbor. it is? No, I don't know who it is. Find now, look, out who it is and get even. Now look. Uh, uh, are there neighbors in our neighborhood that probably should have the HOA do something? There's very little they can do about it. But my point is, we were only had the trash cans out there for a couple of days because we were having stuff worked on at our house. All you know? I'm saying is, if they're going to be that level of petty, I'll show you that <laughs> level of petty. You find out who they are. Don't get mad. Get even. Is this anything... Two women squared off during a screening of the Barbie movie in oh, England. No. They were shouting. There was pushing. One woman slapped the other one in the face. I love listening to British chicks fight. <laughs> Yeah, that's something. As a matter of fact, that's the only way I'd ever go see Barbie, is if I knew a guaranteed fight would break out in the theater. <laughs> I ain't going to Barbie unless I've seen a bunch of chicks fight. Then I'd go for sure. Other than that, no. But by the way, Barbie, number one movie in the box office over the weekend for a second straight weekend. Man, I'm in a tough spot. Uh-oh. Crystal wants to go see uh -oh. the Barbie movie. Uh-oh. Now, from what I'm hearing from people, from our producer, Allison, from Abdul, our co-worker here in the building, it's it's a it's a fun, funny movie. Even it's, it's Tommy not... Laren, who is a yes. conservative yes. flamethrower, said, if you're somebody upset about the Barbie movie, yeah. maybe you just need to relax a little bit. Bigger fish to fry uh, out there. When are you guys going? I don't know. She is a big Barbie fan. She always has been. She it's has a, huge... a bunch of these collectible, expensive Barbies in the packaging from when she was a kid. It's a huge brand. It's a it's a mainstay. Uh, my daughter had a bunch of them. It was a sad day for me when we, we gave them to go way to goodwill very sad day allison you, know? you went to the barbie movie did at any point you feel like smacking somebody <laughs> no i didn't but i love how you watch this movie about you know womanhood and then during the credits of a very emotional song people are beating each other <laughs> that footage by the way check go it see out. the movie again yeah, check it out i just put that footage up on our twitter at hammer and nigel hammer life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And Nigel. They should have been fired a long time ago. I think we got a show. Oh, yeah, we got a show. We definitely got a show. Oh, yeah!
So, Hammer, tell me about this big event in Iowa this past weekend. Bunch of GOP presidential candidates were there. Big, big names. And lots of insults hurled across the stage at uh, competing uh, competing candidates. Only if you say the word Iowa like Don Fisher. Ow! Dateline Ow! Dateline Ow! So this was obviously a big event. I was the first, you know, caucus on the calendar for the Republicans. So pretty much all the movers and shakers were there, even Donald Trump. Donald Trump spent his time talking about his fantastic poll numbers. In the newest echelon poll of swing states, we're trouncing Biden by seven points. In the big new premise poll, we're beating Biden 43-39, while DeSantis is losing to Biden 33-38. In other polls, I'm leading Biden by six, seven, eight, and 11 points, while DeSantis is losing to Biden in all cases. I wouldn't take a chance on that one. I'm leading in the primary polls by 50 and 55 percent against him and others. He's digging the polling. That's odd because for so long the polls were fake news. Well, yeah, I mean, in 2015, they gave him like a one percent chance to get the nomination, not much less the presidency. And now he loves it, though. Like, it's just such an odd turn that you could hate something so much just a couple of years ago. The polls, fake news, they're all fake. And now he spent his pretty much entire speech talking about the polling. There was one little section, though, that I really liked about Donald Trump's speech in Iowa. Um, It was not about the polling. It was about what he would do on day one of his presidency. On day one, I will sign an executive order to cut federal funding for any school pushing critical race theory, transgender, insanity, and other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content on children. I will keep men out of women's sports. And you know, nobody's been tougher on that than me. How ridiculous is that? And I will sign a law prohibiting child sexual mutilation. Can you believe we even have to say this in all 50 states? That's what I want to hear exactly. from Donald Trump. That's what, exactly what I was thinking. That's the angle right there. What are you going to do? What's going to be different? When he does his rallies right at the big you know, fairgrounds and pavilions, that's when he does the name calling and all that kind of stuff. All right. But when you get on a national stage and you're trying to become the president, I want to hear what you're going to do. Yes, we know Biden's a total zero. We know you don't like any yeah. of these other Republicans. Tell me what you're going to do. That's the winning strategy for Donald Trump. Uh, Ron DeSantis, he was also in Iowa, and he was fired up. We will usher in a reckoning for those like Dr. Fauci, who perpetrated COVID-19 lockdown and mandate policies. Those policies were destructive for this country. They hurt people. They hurt our economy. And we still haven't fully recovered from it. You don't coddle bureaucrats like Dr. Fauci. You bring them in and you say you are fired and we are going to hold them accountable for what they did. Okay, That's a a veiled shot across the bow at Donald Trump. And even Mike Pence to an extent, because Pence was the head of the COVID virus task task force and and put Fauci in charge, basically. So, So, 
if Donald Trump is on stage at that first debate, and again, that's a big if, but for argument's sake, let's say that he's there. Ron DeSantis has to beat up Donald Trump to his face about Dr. Fauci. Absolutely. About his COVID yeah. response. If not, his campaign's done. This upcoming debate in, uh, I think it's August 23rd, it's coming up. On Fox. This okay. has to be what saves DeSantis's campaign. If he has a lackluster debate, pack it up, pack it in, go back to Florida, be the governor, try again in four more and years. And by the way, he needs to support Trump if that's the case. He needs to endorse Trump. Yes. Everybody on that stage does, because quite frankly, Trump's right about the polling. He's going to wind up the nominee, man. He, he is. There's just no two ways about it. They need to, you know, they all need to step in line and get behind him. Chris Christie's a lost cause, but... What about Will Hurd? Is Will Hurd a lost cause? Is that the the rep from Texas? Uh, Will Hurd jumped in the presidential race when nobody asked yeah. him to jump in. <laughs> yeah. um, and based on his polling, I don't think anybody knows he's in the presidential yeah. race. But he was on the stage in Des Moines, Iowa over the weekend, and he was booed off of the stage in Des Moines, Iowa over the weekend. One of the things we need in our elected leaders for them to tell the truth, even if it's unpopular. Donald Trump is not running for president to make America great again. Donald Trump is not running for president to represent the people that voted for him in 2016 and 2020. Donald Trump oh boy. is running to stay out of prison. And if we elect... I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, I know the truth. The truth is hard. But if we elect Donald Trump, we are willingly giving Joe Biden four more years in the White House. You don't know and that. America can't handle that. You don't know that. God bless you and God bless America. He's he, this is guy has been criticizing Trump since he first ran in 2016. Not afraid to, you know, talking about bragging, you know, grabbing by the hoo ha. You know, right. he's mentioned that many times. Um, so this is nothing new from this guy, and he's a zero. Would that speech have made more sense coming from somebody that's not a total zero? Not that anybody's really close to Trump in the polling, but if DeSantis or Nikki Haley had said the same thing, would you feel the mm, same way? No. I. Uh, look, Trump is running. <laughs> he's not running to stay out of jail. People are going to vote for him because he's getting railroaded. He knows that. Do you think the angle of, though, you can't win the general is something that needs to be played? Because there is an argument to this. Like, yes. I don't necessarily buy that argument. Okay. Biden, and I don't necessarily think that it's going to be Trump versus Biden. Right. I'm with you on that one. It feels like the breakout star of this whole GOP primary thing has been Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, he's not going to win. There is not a snowball's chance in hell he's going to win, but he's made a name for himself. And it feels like more people say they like him than hate him. He's a great orator. He's a really smart guy. He is, you know, an American entrepreneur. And I, I think he's in. Uh, yeah, I, I think people like him, especially. I mean, he's a great speaker. 
Yes. He was not in Iowa this weekend. He was speaking to this young conservatives convention in Washington, D.C. But man, I'm not going to lie. I dug the speech. We're speaking the truth and we will do it without apology. God is real. There are two genders. Fossil fuels are a requirement for human prosperity. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is not a border. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the best known form of governance to mankind. Capitalism is the best system known to man to lift people up from poverty. There are three branches of government, not four, and the U.S. Constitution is the strongest guarantor of freedom in human history. That is the truth. We will fight for the truth. Now, yeah, again, I, by the way, I've heard that before. I've heard that spiel from him before, but I agree with all of it. It's, it's yeah. incredible. He's playing the hits. And that's to an audience of predominantly college-aged and high school-aged conservatives at this big convention in D.C. So there wasn't a lot of meat to the speech. Okay, great. How are you going to make sure all of these things happen if you become the president? But good talking points, good uh, way to get some standing ovations in the crowd. Allison, let's shift gears and do some legal stuff. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. This guy in Ohio, the burglary suspect, caught in the act. <laughs> he f- when he fell through the roof, he fell through uh, an access door of the bank's drive-through window. Here, here is <laughs> listen. Here is the moment that the police caught him jumping down and arrested him. Oh. Oh. Yeah. It escalated quickly. Yeah, I don't claim to be uh, Matlock here, but if you fall through the ceiling, the chances of you getting away with something, <laughs> right. not real strong. <laughs> no matter how you slice it, if you're a burglar and you have to get in through the ceiling and you fall through, I've seen it a hundred times on gas station videos where they're crawling up through the ceiling and they fall and knock all the two liters down of Coke that go right. everywhere. Which brings us to great (laughs) moments in falling through the ceiling history. This was at a Waffle House in Alabama a number of years ago. Somebody was up in the roof, right? And the customers, they saw like a shaking. Wait, people were in the restaurant? Yes, this was the Waffle House. They don't close. They're open 24 hours. Somebody was making the roof shake and ultimately crashed to the ground and tried to make a run for it before getting beat up by the staff at the Waffle House. And he gets up and tries to run. Dude, wrong restaurant if you're trying to get away from the staff. In a restaurant battle royal, give me the staff of Waffle House over anybody else. 
Great uh, moments in falling through the ceiling history. This was from the uh, Jackass movie, one of the Jackass movies. Johnny Knoxville and Bar- Bam Margera. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were acting like they're burglars, and they crashed through a roof and scared the hell out of people. I'm Bam Margera. I'm Johnny Knoxville. And we're going to be burglars today. And this dude gets up freaking out and runs out of the room. I mean, I, I love Jackass, by the way. It is so funny. It holds up. It really and does. I, I haven't seen, I didn't, I never saw the, the latest one. It's good. It's, it's go really good. Yeah, okay. Um, not something you should watch with the little ones. There's a lot of crank. But <laughs> yeah, uh, what is it with these with these jackass movies and cranks? <laughs> <laughs> um, lastly, and I think this is the gold standard of great moments and falling through the ceiling history. Bender in the Breakfast yeah. Club. Bartender says, "I suppose you won't be needing a drink." Naked lady says. <laughs> Great moments and falling nice. through the ceiling history. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Did you go bowling over the weekend? We did. So we go bowling a lot because my oldest, Chris, he's going to be a college bowler. And so he's, you know, goes three, four times a week. And Sundays, I get up and go with him. And do you play? Once in a while. I'm no good. I stink. Oh, come on. You got to play, though. Well, sometimes. Like, my youngest is better than me. So if Chris is looking for a competitive game, Jake will bowl against him. And that's what he's kind of looking for as he gets ready for season. Well, we had a good old-fashioned duel. My youngest, who's going to be a sophomore this year, went up there and threw a 160, which isn't bad. It's pretty good. And then, of course, Chris counters with, like, almost a 200. Nice. But, uh, yeah, man, we did that over the weekend. Had a good time. Did a lot of stuff around the house. Also had a heated discussion with a buddy of mine. And I asked you this earlier today. I talked about this with Rob. I don't know where he got it from. I think it's on a Family Guy episode or something. But how many fourth graders could you beat up at one time? (laughs) Now, here's the situation. Why would I beat up fourth graders? Here's the situation. Let's say you've walked outside of your house and a gang of fourth graders (laughs) has threatened to kill you, run inside your house, do unspeakable things. If you had to defend and save your own life, how many fourth graders could you beat up? Because eventually there's going to be a number where there's too many fourth graders. I think think probably 10. I mean, my kid just left fourth grade going into fifth grade. Right. I think I can do 10. I think 10 is a good number. 10, 11 is kind of where most of us were at. And Could you do 20? I don't think so. Because eventually somebody's going to wrap up your leg or, you know, hold you down or something like that. But if push came to shove and your life was on the line, (laughs) you had to defend your house. A bunch of murderous fourth graders. Yeah, that's a likely scenario. Right. I think 10 or 11 is the number. I feel confident I could beat the hell out of those kids. And after a while, you could use the kids you've beaten up as human shields. It's the Hammer and Nigel (laughs) show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! 
Senator Rand Paul out of Kentucky has announced official criminal referral. There's a criminal referral having to do with Tony Fauci hammer. Oh, flip flop and Fauci. Oh, flip flop and Fauci. They are uh, the name. They hate each other. Yes, hate is yeah. a strong word. No, but it's not strong enough for the way that Rand Paul feels about Dr. Fauci. Now, let's not get it twisted. A criminal referral is kind of nothing. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, this it, it, Rand Paul is basically saying an email showing Fauci. And his COVID testimony was an absolute lie. They lied under oath, and that Dr. Fauci lied to Congress. All having to do with gain-of-function research in the lab in Wuhan, and whether NIH was funding it back, you know, back-channel funding it, and and then Fauci kind of moves the goalposts on what the definition of gain-of-function is, which means scientists working to make a virus more deadly and more virulent and more contagious. Uh, but he also says, here he is talking about Merrick Garland from the De- Department of Justice. He doesn't really expect old Merrick to do anything about it. So I bring Fauci before my committee, or he's brought before the committee, and I ask him, did you fund gain-of-function research in Wuhan? He says, absolutely, unequivocally, he never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan. Well, now we have an email from him summarizing a phone call from February 1st of 2020. He summarized the phone call by saying many people are suspicious that this came from the lab because it looks manipulated. We're particularly suspicious because we know in that lab they're doing gain of function research. Hmm. Now, he was trying to wiggle out of this with me by saying, oh, it's not gain of function. Here we have him in private admitting that it's gain of function. He describes the research and we have now that research in a paper in a journal with the uh, grant number from the NIH. So he's dead to rights having lied to Congress. It's a felony to lie to Congress and he should be prosecuted. I referred him to the Attorney General, but I think we have uh, maybe perhaps the most partisan Attorney General we've had in our history. And he's not going to do anything about he, no he barely even responds. I think we don't even get a response when we refer mm. Fauci for a criminal uh, investigation. We get nothing from them. And Dr. Fauci is the one area where if anybody that's running for president right now is going to try to chip away at Donald Trump's massive, possible, insurmountable lead, you got to beat him up over not firing Fauci and the lockdowns and COVID. That's the one area. And as Rob Kendall would say, Trump uh, bribed the states to lock down, to shut down with all that federal spending. Right. Right. And this goes back to Donald Trump having horrific people in his inner circle. Whoever was advising him, whether it was Mike Pence, whether it was somebody else, you did not do this man any favors at all. So if you're Donald Trump, you've got to come out and say, I learned a lot during my time as president. I learned who I can trust, who I can't trust. I'll be better at surrounding myself with people who can help us. And if you're somebody like DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Tim Scott, you want to go on that debate stage that first night and just absolutely beat Donald Trump up over Dr. Fauci, the fact you didn't fire him. You've made a whole brand off of firing people, but the one guy you should have fired more than anybody else, you didn't. In Washington today, Devin Archer, 
Hunter Biden's longtime buddy, his BFF, his business partner, testified behind closed doors. Now, we're expected to get a full transcript of this in the next three to four days. But it sounds like from the early reports, Archer said that the big guy, Joe Biden, absolutely was on the phone during this business transaction period, up to 20 times, as a matter of fact. And Representative Dan Goldman, again, young Al Bundy, (laughs) thinks that you are an idiot. He thinks that you are the dumbest person alive because he came out right after the hearing and said that, wait a minute, Joe Biden never said that, you know, he never spoke to anyone. Doesn't that contradict the president's statement saying that he never talked to any of Hunter Biden business associates? Clearly he talked, whether or not the weather or whatever, but he said specifically that he's never talked to them. Doesn't this contradict me? I, I don't know what his comment is, and if we're going to... Well, I don't, I don't think that's what he said. He never said that he has never spoken to anyone. Yes, he did. He and Hunter both. Let's take a little trip in the hot tub time machine okay. not that long ago. There's not been one scintilla of evidence that my son ever interfered, that I ever asked me anything, that I ever got involved in anything. Nothing more than that, because I've never discussed my business or their business, my sons or daughters, and I've never discussed them. I want to get to the heart of it. Did you and your father ever discuss Ukraine? No. There's no but to this. No, we never did. I mean, it's right there. And by the yeah, and by the way, Dan Goldman, the the Democratic rep, right there. I think he's out in New York. He looked rattled when he was talking about this today. He looked like very anxious. He looked like Al Bundy yeah. after a bad shoe sale. <laughs> Like trying to right. get a size six on a size nine on Married with Children, and you just see the defeated face on Al yeah. Bundy. That's the way Goldman <laughs> looked today. But again, he thinks you're an idiot. Goldman says that Hunter Biden did, in fact, frequently put his dad on the speakerphone for to be business partners, but they were only talking about the weather and nothing business related. So, so to confirm, you're saying that the speakerphone conversations, they don't seem concerning to you because there is no specifics about business, and it just seemed like it was clear about- that It was clear that it was as part of the daily conversations that Hunter Biden had with his father, um, and it was, and, and sounded like most of the time, uh, now President Biden didn't even know who the people he was at dinner. He was just asked to say hello, uh, and he would, you know, talk about the, the way he described it several times. They asked over and over and over. He described what the weather was, how, uh, <laughs> oh, come how on. what's going on on your end. Really? That's what we're going and with? I, again, I'm sitting here watching Goldman. His body language is very suspect. He seems nervous. Archer's attorney came out and simply said, my client told the truth today. And again, we should get a transcript, full transcript in about three to four days. Uh, Been a rough weekend, though, for the big guy. Been a rough weekend for Joe Biden because he finally had to come out and admit that he has a seventh grandchild. Imagine being forced to come out and admit. When you use the word admit, it's like you're guilty. Uh, admit is you know you're guilty of something and imagine having to do that about your own grandchild well the only reason he came out is because the polling clearly showed that 
Yeah, you're losing a lot of women. You're losing a lot of moms and grandparents by being a deadbeat to this child that's clearly your granddaughter. You had a you had a stocking for the dog on the mantle at the White House, but not your 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 granddaughter that Hunter uh, knocked up with her mom down the in the where was that Arkansas was that Arkansas or yeah, Alabama? Yeah. Uh, but yes, they're finally admitting to it. So let's compare and contrast, right? This is a little back and forth of Joe Biden here this past weekend compared to April of this year. Okay, I have uh, seven grandkids, uh, four of them old, five of them old enough to talk on the phone. You know. Every day, I either text them or call them. I have yeah. six grandchildren, <laughs> and I'm crazy about them. I speak to them every single day. So in three and a half months, all of a sudden, you saw Jesus. You came to the realization that I've got to be a better person. Or polling showed that you were hemorrhaging with this, mm-hmm. and you need to come out and admit that kid is Hunter's, and you're the grandparent. <laughs> Are you really okay? Are you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! Yes, Hammer. Republican presidential candidates Nikki Haley and Donald Trump are both saying it's time for the GOP. To have new leadership in the upper chamber following uh, some serious concerns over minority leader Mitch McConnell's health. We saw that incident the other day where he froze up on camera and uh, didn't know what to say and was dead silent for like 30 seconds. Are you okay with the calling of a new leadership? Yes. The only thing that I'm not okay with is that so far it's just these two, Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. And this is the problem with, we talked about this earlier. You look at the Senate right now. There's a problem. There are so many old folks and folks that can't think for themselves making decisions for you. And it's both sides of the aisle. So you had Cocaine Mitch completely freezing up, just looking catatonic, not knowing what's going on. The reports that he's fallen multiple times, injuring himself over the last couple of years. That's what old people do. They fall. (laughs) They do something. Dianne Feinstein, not knowing what's going on during her vote, her young staffers having to basically treat her like weekend at Bernie's and say, just say I. She has no idea what's she going kept, on. That was the clip where she kept blabbering on and on and on and on. And right. The, the, the staffers just say I. She's I. 90 years old, Nige. 90. I mean, and Fetterman, who's not old, but he's clearly in no position to be making decisions yeah. for other people. I mean, he can't make a decision for himself right now. These people would make a decision on whether or not we go to war, and they are 90. There needs to be some sort of age limit. I mean, there is. I I wouldn't want a 90-year-old flying my airplane. Right. You know what I mean? And there's, there's, it's like 65. You age out when you you have to retire at like 65 to 67 years old when you're a pilot. But you can run the country, the biggest country in the world, at 90. It sucks. 
that these two are the only ones that have the cojones to come out and say this right now. And they're really not in any position of real power right. saying this. Cocaine <laughs> Mitch just got selected again, the last Congress turnover after midterms, to be the minority leader. And age aside, this guy's not even that good at his job. If he was a big, oh, hairy no. American winning machine, okay, maybe you <laughs> roll with the punches. Old man Grassley is like 130, but at least he's got all of his faculties together. Other than getting Merrick Garland off the Supreme Court, which was a big deal, what the hell has Mitch McConnell done to warrant this level of loyal, you know, just voting time after time? That that footage, that clip of him just staring blankly into the camera there at the podium, and one of his assistants is like, Mitch, do you want to say anything else to the press? Mitch, Mitch. And he just he's looking at it's confused, doesn't know where he's at. That was scary stuff. It was. That was, that was scary. All right, let's move along. In an annual survey over the last three years, more male high school seniors self-identified as conservative or very conservative. You thought I was going to say a woman, didn't you? <laughs> I was waiting for it. That statement could have went a number of different directions. Okay, so the survey over the last three years, more male high school seniors self-identified as conservatives or very conservative. Only 13% of boys identified as liberal or very liberal. Are you okay with this? I am. I'm a little surprised by it um, because it seems like most young people, you know, they don't critically think for themselves. They usually get their political takes either from their parents or whatever news network they're watching. They don't do their own research. So I figured with most of the media being liberal, it'd be a more liberal number. But perhaps these high school senior boys are seeing what's happening to their friends who are high school senior girls, and they're like, this isn't right. They're seeing dudes dressing in front of them, dudes dominating them in sports. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe, just maybe, this is kind of a turning point for society here, where things have gone so progressive, so woke, that you're losing even the young people. I didn't even start paying attention to politics until my mid-twenties. I was not political at all. Like, I would get in the car with my mom and dad, and they'd listen to Rush Limbaugh, but I didn't know what... I, I just thought it was fascinating. There was a guy sitting in a small little room by himself talking to millions of people. I didn't really pay attention to the content. Really, it was Fox News and Bill O'Reilly that I started watching. Um, that you know, in the mid two thousands, early maybe early two thousands, that that I kind of started to pay attention a little bit. High school, no. Nothing. Does it say anything about the chicks? Uh, looking at this study here. Those were dudes that we were talking about. Right. Girls are drifting a little bit to the left. Uh, the share of 12th grade girls who identified as liberal rose from 19% in 2012 to 30% last year. So, again, I don't know why then the guys are going conservative. The girls are going liberal. I have no idea why the guys are. Maybe they're actually just doing their homework, which hats off to the guys. Threads. You know what Threads is? That's the um, that's Meta's Twitter killer. Oh, that's, that's right. Zuckerberg's new social media platform, Threads, similar to Twitter, uh, has already lost 
half of its user base, 100 million people initially signed up, less than half are active. Are you okay with this? Does this surprise you at all? Oh, I'm okay with this. Anytime Zuck has a failure, I'm okay with this. <laughs> that free speech censoring alien-looking weirdo, I am 100% okay with this. And remember how cocky folks on the left were when they knew this thing was coming out. You racists and bigots can stay here on Twitter. Yeah. Kiss my backside. Watch you go raid the Capitol. The same people who were saying that kind of stuff were also criticizing conservatives when Parler came out. That's right. Which was an yeah. alternative to Twitter at the time before, guess what? They shut that down, yeah. too. I love it how Democrats say, well, you don't like Twitter. Start your own platform. Start your, and then when somebody starts their own platform like Parler, they also get taken down. <laughs> they, they shut it down. They shut the servers down. Okay, uh, one more here. A, <laughs> uh, a thirsty real estate agent in Canada was caught on video in a client's refrigerator opening and drinking some milk directly from the carton and then putting it back. Oh. Are you okay with this? No, I'm not. <laughs> and come on, man. You got to know these things are being recorded now, right? Everybody's got their cameras in their house. So, real estate agents doing an open house or something, trying to sell the house, just reaches in there, grabs the milk, <laughs> treats it like he won the Indy 500. <laughs> Starts pounding the milk and puts it back. You know what? I wouldn't have minded if it was a beer or something like that. But don't put it back. Drink the whole thing. Right. <laughs> if you would have just chugged the milk and threw the milk away, <laughs> all right, fine. You get thirsty, I get it. But you put the milk back in the fridge. That's so gross. Uh, no, no, not okay with this. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel Hammer right over there with a special and lovely guest on the DriveHeeler.com hotline. She is one half of the Chicks on the Right, Daisy, joining us. we got a number of different places we could begin. A lot of drama going on with the Bidens right now. But let's start on the right. You're one half of the Chicks on the Right. Let's start on the right. Big event in Iowa over the weekend. A lot of the big players were there making speeches in Des Moines. Donald Trump is now all about the polling. Have you noticed this? The same dude weird. that for like yeah. the last eight years hated polling with the passion of a million fires. Now, all of a sudden, he loves it. Yeah, I hate. Hi, guys. By the hey. way, hello. How are you? Um, I, I hate polling, too. I've, I've always been a, a girl that absolutely despises the polls. I hated them when he was running against Hillary. I didn't believe, And I hated them this past midterm season. I mean, everybody was like, it's going to be a red wave. And I was like, I don't trust yeah. this wave. I don't like it. I don't like any of So I don't like polls either. I don't know what he's doing here. I also don't know. And y'all, I like Trump. I do. I, you 
you know, out of the two of us, I'm probably more of the Trump girl than Mock is. Um, but I will say I don't like this approach. I also don't like his approach with always going after DeSantis. I don't know what that is. I'm not sure what he's doing there. And so I really wish that he would um, focus more on just issues and on the problems that we have in this country and Biden go after more of just, you know, it, that's, he's an easy target and he can really go after him and probably um, get a lot more people into the fold if he did that rather than just focusing on no one cares about the polls, you know? Right. Would it be better if Donald Trump, and I don't even know if he's capable of doing this, had a little bit more of a positive campaign? Because we've yeah. seen just running on the idea of the other guy sucks, the other guy's a vegetable, isn't enough. You're going to have to talk about what you want to do. Can Donald Trump do that? Yeah, I, I mean, he could. He did it before. I mean, I think, it, obviously, he's he's the guy that throws out the insults and the nicknames and all that kind of stuff. But there was a message of positivity the first time that he ran, right? And, I mean, I think that's why people clung to him. He was a, biz, he, he was a businessman, and he had positive messaging. And so people were like, okay, this is new. This is fresh. He has to do that this time around, too. He can't just rest on his laurels and be like, okay, this is what I did the last time, or I'm going to go ahead and talk about polls this time, or just be do the whole nasty thing. Thing where he's just, you know, throwing insults at people. He's got to talk about issues. He's got to talk about what he can do to make the country better, what he can do to get the country back to where it was, you know, before COVID. And you know what else he has to do is surround himself with the right people. Daisy, Precisely. he, he Precisely. I, I think he's on the record. I think he did a, gave an interview with somebody from Breitbart, and he used the word mistake, actually admitting that he surrounded himself with some of the wrong people the first go around. Yeah, or didn't fire enough people oh, sure, when he yeah. saw that they were doing, or didn't fire enough people when he saw they were doing the wrong things, like Fauci and people like that. I mean, I think that would have been one of the greatest things he could have done because now we're seeing all this stuff come out with with Fauci and the, and the things that Rand Paul has come out with him about today, and and just you know, I I really think that was a big mistake. And so people, if he gets on that debate stage on the twenty third, I hope he does. That's another thing I really hope that he. He decides to do that because if he doesn't, I think there are going to be a lot of people like me that are very disappointed if he doesn't do that. And if he gets on that stage, there are going to be people who come at him about stuff like that. So I hope right. he's prepared to answer questions about those types of things. If you were in charge of the DeSantis campaign, okay, that debate is all chips in, right? You've got to leave everything you've got at that debate to try to save this thing. Do you beat Donald Trump up, whether he's there or not? over COVID and Dr. Fauci. Is that the angle? Um, well, I don't know if that's the only angle, but he's got to do it. He's got to come out just guns blazing. Because, <laughs> I mean, because, you know, if Trump is there, Trump's going to come out guns blazing against him. I mean, the, Trump goes after him because he thinks he doesn't have a good personality. He's probably going to come after his wife. He's going to come after everything. That is the way Trump fights dirty. He is a bulldog, and he fights. And so DeSantis has got to get – he's got to get dirty, too. He's got he's to learn to get in the trenches and fight back. I mean, anybody does with Trump. It's just very interesting to me how Trump is is so focused on DeSantis, and he's not going after the Vivekes. He's not going after um, Nikki Haley. He's not he's worried really about really that. He's going after Chris Christie, who, you know, Chris Christie has, my God, that's all he's running on is a is an anti-Trump stance, you know? 
Yeah, and and, and the thing with Chris Christie is uh, these people need to realize. I mean, again, back to the polling. The reason why Donald Trump didn't like the polls back in 2016 is because they gave him like a one percent shot to win, right? And yeah. he ended up being yeah. the front runner, runner and ro- running away with it. This time around, the only reason he's mentioning the polls is because his numbers are through the absolute roof, and yeah. it but seems. That- like- Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, but that should make you wonder, because, I mean, think of the people who are polling really low. If you actually pay attention to polls, then that just shows you that somebody like a Vivek could pull this out. <laughs> you know? Eh, let's not get carried away. Come on, Daisy. I mean, you just, you Come just, on. It's different because you it's guys. Trump. Come it's, on. It's, it's different because you it's just, Trump. You never know. You just never know. These things are so unpredictable. I'm not saying that, that that will happen, but anything could happen in one of these races. I mean, Trump was polling at 1%. And look what happened. Yeah. He became our guy. True, so, but there was I, no I, other Trump-like figure that he was going up against. They were all stiffs. This time around, yeah, I mean, it's Donald Trump. Everybody knows Trump. Everybody knows his record. And it's just, I, I just say the circumstances are a little bit different this time around. Yeah, but no one's, but no one's debated yet. You haven't seen anybody on the debate stage. Yeah, right. There hasn't been a knockdown, drag out fight. We haven't seen it play out yet. We've just, it's all been Twitter. It's all been Twitter and the media, which sucks. We hate our media. And so that's all we've seen. It's just been people having opinions. We have not seen any anybody get up on that stage and duke it out yet. And so, and that you know. first debate is the one that's going to have the most eyeballs on it. Even people yep. who aren't into politics will watch the first one. Maybe not the Absolutely. second or third, but specifically that first one. That's where you've got to bring the heat. Uh-huh. And they're going to weed out. I mean, it's going to be like the freshman year of college when you weed out all the losers, right? <laughs> they're going to drop them like flies, and they're going to and they will drop. I mean, your your Asa, whoever the heck that guy is, and Will Hurd. I mean, like Will Hurd has a chance in hell. He's like these people. They're going to they're going to drop out, and then you're going to see the people rise to the top who are actually going to have some semblance of a chance to maybe be president. And it's they're going to either shine. Or they're going to be out of there. Chatting with Daisy from the Chicks on the Right, chicksontheright.com. So, over the weekend, hell must have froze over Joe Biden finally admitting he has a seventh grandchild now. Wow. To me, it sounds like the consultants probably got to Grandpa Joe and said, hey, it's kind of polling bad that you're going full hunter and being a deadbeat about this. (laughs) Maybe you acknowledge the grandkid. Curious as to your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I guess they they said to him, since you've had a stocking for the the freaking dog all these years, a Christmas stocking for the dog, you know, maybe you should think about just acknowledging your seventh grandchild. These people are so insufferable, I swear. It's like they they have to listen to to polls and the media to tell them what to do from a morality perspective. They're just gross. It's just, she's four, you guys. She's four years old. And it's like, I mean, I was just thinking to myself this morning, she's going to look back on this at some point in her life and realize that they that they did this, that they paid attention to pundits and media people and pollsters to, that told them, hey, you need to acknowledge this little girl because it's the right thing to do, rather than paying attention to their own moral compass to tell them, hey, this is the right thing to do. And she's going to recognize that. I don't right. know what age it's going to be, but she will ultimately recognize that they did and that these people are horrible people. And- and what's really 
funny to me is that the media keeps pushing out this narrative. Well, Joe Biden really loves his son. We know that he may or may not go to federal prison. He's been pictured with, you know, hookers and he's got crack pipes and photos. But Joe Biden really loves his son. (laughs) But I guess he doesn't give a blue damn about his granddaughter. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And and the thing is, they keep pushing the whole he's he's a drug addict and all he cares about is helping his drug addict son. I mean, it's that has been played. It really has been. It's, It's like he's a crackhead who traffics prostitutes across state lines. And it's I mean, it's I'd like to know, too, like where what is the family business? You know, what is right. they've made all this money? What is what is the family business? That's one thing that's never been answered for me. And I still I'd love to know the answer to that. Yeah, By- Byron Donald's from Florida, uh, the representative out of Florida, made a great point, uh, uh, Daisy. He said, you know, Trump produces things. Trump produces buildings and real estate and hotels right. and golf courses. What do the Bidens yeah. make and how did they yeah, get what? all their money? And what are we going to find exactly. out with this Devin Archer testimony? Uh, Hunter's business partner uh, today. I'm very curious. Yeah, after all the hullabaloo that happened this weekend. I mean, it's, you're right. Oh, what yeah. is the good or service that the Bidens provide? What is that good or service? Because everybody knows when you have an LLC or whatever, whatever you're providing, that you're you're providing a good or a service. I still don't know what that is with the Bidens. It's not blow art. We know that. And so now with the Devin <laughs> Arthur guy, like, I, he's, they, they had all this craziness with the DOJ this weekend. and Yeah, they were going like to arrest him before he could testify, right, on a yeah. different charge. And then they came back and like, well, 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 wait a minute. No, that's not what we're doing. I'm convinced that Uh whole thing was just to highlight the fact that this guy, Devin Archer, is going to prison for a different charge and we can't trust anything he says. And it's going to give cover to the media to defend uh, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Absolutely. And like, this is the first time the DOJ has ever worked on a weekend. Yeah, right. 100%. (laughs) Um, Exactly. Daisy, what are you guys working on over at Chicks on the Right? Oh, my gosh. All of this stuff. The presidential race is just constantly in our purview. Like, we're talking about that every single day. And, that you know, that the constant back and forth between DeSantis people and Trump people, it's, it's just fun all the time on our show. Everybody should watch and listen to us every single day. You can find us at chicksontheright.com slash links. You guys check it out. Daisy, you're the best. We love you. We'll Thanks, talk to Daisy. you soon. Love you guys. Talk soon. Bye. What is the story with the two giant boxes of various moonshine mason jars in your office? Like, I mean, with, I mean, at least 12 to 14 bottles (laughs) or mason jars in each box of different flavors. What is the background here? Not all heroes wear capes and some hero, and that's who it was, came by and uh, said they've got a contact at Sugarlands, the moonshine distillery, and brought us two big boxes of like variety packs. Oh, I know who this guy's contacted us on Instagram, right? Did we yes. have to say his name? Oh, I know yeah. who you're talking about. Romanek. Romanek. Yes. Yes. They've been in this uh, kind of industry for a long, long time. Yeah, I've known that guy for a while. So he's the one that dropped all this off? And we're not talking about like sample size no, 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 bottles no. here. What are we going to do with all this? Well, we're going to drink. <laughs> 
drink. We're going to do what the folks at Sugarlands would want us to do, Nige. We're going to drink. Simple and obvious explanation. So what are we sampling today? Here, let me hand this to you. You take a look at that. It's been in the fridge all day long for you. Root beer moonshine? Root beer moonshine. All That's right, what we've got let's do it. from Sugarlands. Do we do we do we shoot the moonshine or do we sip it? Well, I'm gonna shoot it, okay. but then again I'm a hillbilly. <laughs> so cheers everybody yeah, to hello. Moonshine Monday. Oh. <laughs> the moon is shining! The moon ah! is shining. I can, I can taste the root beer, but you definitely can tell it's moonshine. Yes, sir. <laughs> wow. Woo!